Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the First Baptist Church here in Coleraine, Massachusetts. Well, good to have you with us, uh, wherever you are listening, tuning in, watching, and listening. As you know, we're studying through the book of Hebrews. We're going to study chapter 4 today. We're going to read the whole chapter. And the heading in this Bible is a Sabbath rest for the people of God. So let's follow it together. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. We also have had the promise, the gospel, preached to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said. So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his work has been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. And on the seventh day, God rested from all his work. And again in the passage above, he says, They shall never enter my rest. It remains that some will enter that rest, and those who formerly had the gospel preached to them did not go in because of their disobedience. Therefore, God again set a certain day calling it today, when a long time later he spoke through David, as he was said before, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him 
to whom we must give accounts. May God give us understanding of his word this morning. Amen. Amen. Have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, again, we're so thankful to be here. We thank you for the ones that will be watching, the ones that are listening. And uh, we're grateful for that. We're grateful for another day that we can study your word. And uh, the first day of the week, the day that you rose again from the dead, uh, the day that the church was formed at Pentecost, we are to meet together, not as the manner of some is. And we don't have to meet on the Sabbath day, which is yesterday, Saturday, always was, always will be. So give us understanding of your word, this chapter. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. My <clears throat> title of this message is The Rest God Promises. The Rest That God Promises. You've got a handout coming in the bulletins. There's some questionnaires there. So right off the bat, I'm going to answer question one. This chapter is about having peace of mind and rest for our souls. What it's all about. Having peace of mind and rest for our souls. But in order to experience God's rest, we must first be saved from our sins. And how can we be saved from our sins? By believing faith in Jesus Christ. So that's number one. We must be saved to experience God's rest and peace of mind. And then, having done that, we need to continue to live by faith. We receive Christ by faith when we were saved, amen? We need to continue to live by faith and never forget what he accomplished on that cross to bring us to God. How do we do that? By resting in the finished work that Jesus did on that cross. In the way of review, the writer, we don't know who he was. People can speculate all the like, it doesn't matter. It's inspired by God, whoever it was that wrote it. Remember, he recalls the story of the ancient Hebrews when they came out of bondage in Egypt and they wandered around in the desert for 40 years. They never <coughs> entered into God's rest. They never got into the promised land flowing with milk and honey. Why? The end of verse 6 tells us. They heard, they first heard the good news and they failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So there's number two. They disobeyed God. They, they, they just showed lack of faith. And uh, only the generation, the younger generation, those 20 years and younger, entered into the promised land. The rest of them died in the, in the desert during that 40-year period, wandering around aimlessly. And their shoes never wore out. Amazing. We should learn from their mistakes and never doubt God or disobey him. Ideally, if we do, our souls are restless because we're not experiencing the rest that Jesus 
came to give us. He not only came to save us, he came to give us peace and rest for our souls. Verse 1, it says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands. It's not just talking about those that entered into the promised land. The rest that God is offering and it's available to us, it still stands. It's available now, every day. And it says, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. God, although he's a God of love and God is love, he's angry with the wicked every day. He was angry with that faithless generation that didn't trust him. How would you feel if uh, somebody didn't trust you? You wouldn't be very happy with them, would you? And they perished in the desert because of their unbelief. Verse 3, it says, In my anger I took an oath they will never enter my place of rest. And that's also a quote from Psalm 95 written by David. And uh, God wanted to wipe them all out. And Moses intervened. Him. He said, look, you know, you brought them out of Egypt. What's these heathens going to say if you just eliminate the chosen people? So they perished anyway, didn't they? except all those under 20 years old that entered in. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven to obey God. We don't have to wait to get to heaven to enjoy God's rest. It's available to us every day. We can have it now. Do you? Even when the storms of life are raging, we can be calm. Because we have God's rest. God's rest is available to us. Like a hurricane. You know the a tumultuous, deadly hurricanes and the damage that they do? You know the calmest place in the hurricane? is in the center. I remember, I think it was John Lennon, you know, when he was with the Beatles. He said, the whole world was going mad. We were the only ones that were sane because they were in the center. Like a hurricane. We can experience God's rest every day. That's the best place to be, in the center of God's will. Amen? Best place we could ever be. You go outside of God's will, you're going to lose your peace and you're not going to experience the rest that he gives us. Verse 7, God again said a certain day, calling it today. I'm not talking just about the past. This he did when a long time later he spoke through David, which is Psalm 95, by the way, as in the passage already quoted, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. This is a quote from David's uh, 95th Psalm. But it comes with a warning at the end. It starts with a praise, but then it comes with a warning. Not only to listen to God, but also obey Him. You know, it's one thing to know what we're supposed to do. It's another thing to obey it, isn't it? So that's where the test comes in. You know, we're going to be our faith is going to be tested if you're a Christian. All right. So then it's the choice, because we have a free will, 
to make that choice whether to obey or not. If you want to experience peace of mind and rest for our souls, we not only listen to God's word, we need to obey it. Amen? Amen. So those Israelites, the ancient Hebrews, those under 20 years old, they, they were the only ones that entered the promised land. They still had to trust God, even though they entered in. They still had to trust God, not just enter the promised land. They had to enter into his rest. Maybe some of them did. A lot of them didn't. You read the history of Israel, a lot of them disobeyed God, and they suffered the consequences. They have to obey God, nobody else. That includes Joshua. He's number five. Joshua, that great general and leader, he took over for Moses, remember? Moses wasn't allowed to enter in to the promised land because uh, God told him to strike this rock and water would come out of it. And he was so angry with the people of God getting on his nerves and disobeying and pestering him and criticizing him, he hit the, the rock three times. So, oh Moses, oh Mo had a bit of a temper. <laughs> Moses wasn't perfect like the rest of us. He disobeyed God. All right, so he never entered into the promised land. But I'll tell you what, uh, on the Mount of Transfiguration, in the New Testament, when Jesus went on the mountain and he was transfigured, who was there? Moses. So he did get into the promised land. Kind of, and through the back door, <laughs> so to speak. So anyway, where was I? They had to trust God. Couldn't rely on Moses. Couldn't rely on Joshua, even though he was a great leader. They had to rely on God, did they? Apparently not. It's a personal choice to trust God. Verse 8, For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. What's he talking about? Another day. This other day is looking ahead to when the promises of entering into God's rest are completely fulfilled and only fulfilled through believing faith in the one who would come. And who was that? Jesus Christ, which he did. Verse 9, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. The writer is not promoting the observance of the Sabbath day, which is a Saturday. It always was, always will be. That Sabbath day was given to the people of Israel and nobody else. All right? Certainly not to the church. He's not promoting the Sabbath day. What he's doing is reminding these Christian Jews why the Sabbath day was given by God in the first place. It was so that the people of Israel could rest. To rest and do no work. 
That's why it was given. And they've taken it to ridiculous. You know, they won't even, some Jews on, on Saturday, they won't even flip a switch. Because it's required, you know, they think it's work. It's ridiculous. They've taken it beyond what it was intended to do. Do no work. You can flip a switch. That's fine. God's not going to judge you. He's not going to burn you to shrivel you up. But that's for the Jews. It's not for the church. It's got nothing to do with us. It's regarding work. God rested on the seventh day. Right? He rested on the Sabbath. Saturday. Why did he rest on the, on the Saturday? Because he was tired? No! God doesn't get tired. It was an example. He stopped what he was doing. He finished his work of creation. Right? He says, the Jews, you do the same thing. You just don't do any work. That's what the Sabbath is for. So verse 10 says, anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works just like God did from his. In other words, don't rely on doing the works of the Old Testament law, the Old Covenant. He's writing to Jewish Christians. They don't have to go back and observe those rituals and those laws and those festivals and those feast days and keeping the Sabbath day. It's done away with. They're believers in Christ now. They're expected to meet on the Lord's Day, which is the first day of the week. Don't go back to the old ways. Rest in Christ. You're not under the law anymore. You're under grace. But that, with that comes responsibility, though. It comes responsibility to trust and obey. In the past, it's done away with when Jesus came and fulfilled all the requirements of the Old Testament laws because he was the only one who could, could, could keep them because he was without sin. Now there's a new covenant. Jesus is the new covenant established by God where we are to live by faith and rest in the finished work that Jesus did on the cross. That's number eight. Lettuce, there's a lot of lettuce in this. Have you noticed? Lettuce, lettuce. There's a lot of lettuce. You know, there's also a lot of meat. Along with, there's, a, there's a lot of salad along with the, the meat as well. Lettuce. Verse 11, let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. So it does require some work. Amen. This doesn't happen. Let us make every effort. How do we do that? By obeying. That takes effort, doesn't it? On our part, it takes some work. Right? Let's make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their... Who is he talking about? The ancient Israelites that disobeyed God. 
No one will perish by following their example of disobedience. So learn from their mistakes. Don't make the same mistakes as they did when they were faithless. They perished in the wilderness. When we disobey God, we fail to experience his presence, his peace, and his rest. Amen? Now, talked about the good news that was proclaimed even to them. You know, it's not something new. All the Old Testament points to the one that will come, Jesus Christ. He's the total fulfillment of all the prophecies in the Old Testament. Talks about the Word of God. Verse 2. For if we have had the good news proclaimed to us, which we did, because that's how we got saved, amen? That's the good news. That's why it's good news, because if it wasn't good, we wouldn't be saved. Just as they did. They knew what the difference between right and wrong, but they chose to do wrong. But the <coughs> message they heard, people of Israel, the ancient Egypt, the Israelites, it was of no value to them. Why? Because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. So the writer's given us a warning here. Don't be like those faithless ones who knew to do right, but chose, because we're not robots, we have a choice to do right, to trust God. It's a test. It's a test every day. Like I said, our faith will be tested. All right? <clears throat> Verse 12, talking about the Word of God. Still on the same theme now. The Word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. And it judges the thoughts and attitude of the heart. When we read the Word of God, we don't read the Word of God, it reads us. <laughs> we need to be in it every day. We need to read, spend time in the Word of God to learn more about God and to learn more about us and what we need to do to have that peace and rest that He is available to us. We can grow in grace in the knowledge of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now that's what the Word of God, that's what the Holy Spirit is trying to do. His ministry amongst other things, is try to conform us to make us more like Jesus. Eh? And one day we will be. We'll be just like him once we get to heaven. But you don't have to wait until you get to heaven. All the promises are available to us each and every day. The Word of God is razor sharp. The truth of the Word of God it cuts both ways. It separates what is true and what is false. There's no gray areas in the Word of God. Amen? Amen. By hearing the Word of God. So some people in 
have difficulty reading the Word of God. So, I mean, there's plenty of, most people have got a cell phone, right? They can download an app, and you can hear the Word of God through the whole Bible, if you want to, if it's available now. Not only hear the Word of God, you can read the Word of God, those that have those of us that have got eyes, which we should be thanking God for every day. We've got the gift of sight. Amen? We can read the Word of God. We can believe the Word of God. We can obey the Word of God. It provides the perfect, it's the perfect tool for not only for our peace of mind, but also rest for our souls. So there's number nine. It provides the perfect tool, not only for our peace of mind, but also rest for our soul. Everything about God is good. God is good. His word is inspired by him. It's God-breathed. All right? It's God-breathed. You can tell the writers, the prophets that wrote down his word. God inspired each and every one of them to write down his thoughts. And people keep asking me, do you think it was Paul that wrote Hebrews? Well, compare the book of Hebrews to his other books, if he did write it. Does his personality come through in this book that he does in Romans and the other books? I question that, I'm not even sure. Who it was, nobody knows. Whoever it was, it's inspired by God. It's God-breathed. And God doesn't have bad breath. <laughs> Somebody said. It wasn't me. It's not original to me. Okay. Still good though, isn't it? God doesn't have good breath. Everything about God is good. Amen? doesn't have to brush his teeth every day. Some of us don't have that problem. You just drop them in a jar every night. That's <laughs> Remember, that? that's what they used to do. Great. All right, we'll move on. Now he's going to talk about rewards. Hey, we're going to get some rewards when we get to heaven. wonder what they're going to be. Verse 13, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we have to give account. Who? God knows exactly what's going on. God sees everything that we do. We're accountable to him for everything that we've done since we've been saved. Prior to being saved, that's been dealt with. Okay? Now we're, we're accountable since we've been saved because with, uh, with knowledge comes responsibility. You know, we were ignorant before. <laughs> now we've got no excuse since we've been saved. Everything we've done, we have to give an account. Whether it be good or bad. So we're going to gain rewards for the good things that we've done in the name of the Lord, with the right motives. And we're going to lose rewards. We're not going to lose our salvation. 
So better say amen. Thank you, Lord. You're not going to lose your salvation, but you will lose rewards. Uh-oh. I blew it again. There it goes. I'm thinking, oh, there's a reward lost. Take that one away. Let me quote Michael Youssef. 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 14 says that on the last day, all of what we've done for Christ will be lit with a match. If what we've done on earth has been sacrificial, it will be like gold and burn brighter in the fire. If no sacrifices have been made, it'll be like hay set alight, leaving nothing but ashes. Ultimately, God will hold us all accountable for where we have invested our time, our resources, and ourselves. In my giving of myself, is my giving of myself done willingly, joyfully, and sacrificially, mm -hmm. or begrudgingly and regretfully? So God's keeping account, and we'll find out when we get there on Judgment Day. What kind of rewards we're going to get, and we won't, we won't be bothered about the ones we've lost, okay? Mm -hmm. Because uh, in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. Amen? Fullness of joy. So, the readers, the Jewish Christians, <coughs> reading this letter, used to write long letters in the old days, didn't they? They're considering turning back, you know that. They're considering going back to the old ways, the old covenant ways. They're Jews, but they've been saved, suffering tremendous persecution since they've been saved under tremendous pressure. Some of them were cut off from their families. They were like dead to them. Some of them, I heard that they actually performed a funeral service, and they were still alive. They're dead to them because they've renounced the old Jewish religion since they've been saved. So imagine the pressure they were under. They could remember the old sacrificial system and the blood sacrifices when the high priest, he would enter into the Holy of Holies once a year. Only he was allowed to go in there. Nobody else. And he had to confess his own sins before he, he went in there. And what they did, you know, they tied a rope around his leg. So if he didn't do the right thing, he would be killed on the spot and they had to drag him out. Because they were afraid to go in because they get burned up as well. Funny. <coughs> he used to go in everywhere, sprinkle the blood of a dead, innocent animal on the mercy seat once a year to cover the sins of the nation of Israel. You know that already. You've been here long enough. And the writer is saying to these Jewish Christians, since they've been saved through believing faith in Jesus, and that's the only way you can be saved, 
Amen. Amen. They don't have to go back to following the old covenant because animal sacrifices could never take away sins. Jesus did. Amen? Amen. Jesus did. He did it. It's a done deal. It is finished, he said. All right, is the answer to number 10 coming up? Let me read verse 14 first. I'm almost done. Almost, but not quite. Verse 14. So, then, since we have a great high priest, not just a high priest, <laughs> Jesus is the great high priest who has entered heaven. See? He was crucified, he was buried, he rose again from the dead, and then he ascended into heaven. Now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Amen? Amen. Entered into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Amen. If you do, you're saved. If you don't, then you're not. Hello? Jesus, the great high priest, let us hold firmly to what we believe. You don't turn back. Jesus never turned back. Look at the price he paid. He's telling them that. It doesn't matter. God knows how much they were suffering, but they never suffered like Jesus did. So don't turn back. Jesus is the great high priest. He's the perfect sacrificial lamb whose sinless blood is capable of washing away our sins. Not just covering them. Washing them away. Our sins are washed away. Permanently. Thank God my sins are washed away. Thank you, Jesus, for paying that price. For me. Would you do that? No. But he did. Verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are. Yet he did not sin. This high priest understands our weaknesses. Don't ever say, well, God doesn't know how I'm feeling. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He said, for he faced all the same testings that we do. Yet he did not sin. There's number 11. He understands our weaknesses. He can relate to us 100%, totally. Why? Because he became a man. He knows our pain. He knows how we feel. Nobody else does. Nobody else knows what we go through. Except Jesus. The struggles we have. I don't know about you. The struggles we have with temptation. Every day. Because he was tempted. Just like we are. Yet he never failed. The test once. 
<laughs> he never failed. He never failed the test of one's We do. But then he understands what we like. He understands our weaknesses. He empathizes with us. He can relate. He became a man, yet he was without sin. So let me conclude. Let's finish the final verse. So then, lettuce. There's the lettuce again. Got plenty of salad in this message. We've also got some good uh, steak as well, some flaming yum, eh? Got a good porterhouse steak along with the salad today. Lettuce. <laughs> well, I crack myself up sometimes. <laughs> Let us <laughs> come boldly. Oh, it's like a little worm. Oh, I can't. Oh. No. Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There will, there we will receive His mercy. And we will find grace to help us when we need it most. It's available. Always available. Always available. Because, is last one, number 12, I think. Because we've been adopted <coughs> into God's family, we can come boldly before our Heavenly Father's throne at any time. Day or night, God doesn't slumber. God doesn't sleep. His ears are open <coughs> to our cries. Knowing we have to believe, and do you, that God answers prayers? Well, he never answered that one. Yes, he did. It was either yes, no, or wait. He answered that prayer. You just have to wait. But wait a long time. You may even not see the answer to that prayer, but it's already been answered. You may be long gone, but the prayer is going to be answered. It was answered when you asked for it. What child comes to you and asks for something and you say, get lost? I mean, you might feel like it, you know? And we've got two grandchildren, two cats. And they come and they start, one of them starts whining because it wants some extra kibble. Or it wants a nice bit of tuna fish. What do we do? Shoo it away? No, we just... It's happy. <laughs> okay. He answers our prayers. All because we've been declared righteous. We've been declared righteous. God sees us. God sees Christ in us. He does we didn't see the old gem, thank God. He sees Christ in me. God has forgiven our sins through believing faith in what his son did on the cross. It's that simple. Yeah? We need to maintain that, what he did on the cross. And when you feel, when you are, when you will be tempted and you know to have the choice to do right and wrong, 
and you're struggling with that and it's overwhelming, you can't you just remember that what Jesus did on that cross. Go to the cross and remember what he did and the price that he paid in order to set us free and give us peace of mind and rest for our souls. Not because we deserve it. God is gracious. God is merciful. And now we can experience peace of mind. You'll never get peace of mind until you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I guarantee you, I've been there. I lived 31 years without knowing Jesus. And once I received Jesus, I was content. I had peace of mind for the first time in my entire life. Peace of mind and rest for our souls that only he can give. Listen to Jesus' words, and I'll close with this. In, recorded by Matthew, chapter 11, verse 28, 29. <coughs> Jesus is saying, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Amen. It's the only place we can get it through believing faith in Jesus Christ each and every day until he takes us to glory. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, we are so thankful for your word. We thank you for this person, whoever he was, that wrote it. You inspired him to write down your thoughts. A very learned man, familiar with the Jewish religion, customs, who's uh, found rest for his soul and peace in his mind. Encourage those that were tempted to turn back and follow the works, the doings of the Old Testament, the doings of the law, which no one can keep. It was given to show us that we're sinners, that we fall short in every way of your perfect standard. And it shows us that we're sinners and we need a Savior who would come. He did come. And there's only one Savior. And those of us that have believed by faith and received him now have peace in our hearts, in our minds, and in our souls, knowing that our sins have been forgiven. And our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life and we can never perish like those faithless ones that perished in the desert through unbelief, through their disobedience. Help us to be obedient to your word. And those of you that are listening and watching, you've never received Jesus, you need to be saved. Do not be disobedient. Do not reject the one 
who loved you enough to die in your place so you wouldn't have to spend eternity in hell. I hope you make that choice and you have a choice and believe it by faith in what he did on that cross. He shed his blood, sinless blood, to wash away your sins. He was buried and he rose again from the dead. And if you believe that, confess it with your mouth. Tell somebody you believe it. And the promise is you shall be saved. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you and God bless you all. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine. For Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m., we are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.